Hello, happy new year, and welcome to I Thought I'd Be Rich By Now. I'm your host, Deborah. Thanks so much for joining me on our first pod of 2022. I hope that you and your loved ones had a wonderful holiday season together. This year felt even weirder to me than it did last year. I don't know why, but we took down our Christmas decorations on January 1st. I've never taken down decorations so early. I just feel weird. I'm over winter. I want spring and summer to be upon us. I'm over the cold and snow. I'm done with it. I want it to be gone. So let's just hope January and February go by very fast. Last year at this time, I was feeling so good and so positive because I had made a New Year's resolution to start doing yoga. It was something that I had talked about doing for years. So January 1st, 2021, I started doing yoga with Adrian's 30 Days of Yoga on YouTube. I have to say, besides launching this podcast, that is the accomplishment I'm most proud of myself from 2021. I have a problem with discipline. So bringing discipline into my life is something that I'm constantly working on. And last year, I actually did yoga every single day until July 1st, which is when I fell off, but I still did it after that time, uh, not as consistently. This year, I was sick going into the new year, and I couldn't start the new 30-day challenge on January 1st, but I'm back on it now, as I would like to do yoga at least for January. So I want to do it every day, at least for January 2022. I doubled up on a couple of videos today so that I could get completely caught up, but now my body is aching. It is actually crazy how much strength you can gain quickly, but how much strength you can lose. Because just thinking of where I was, say, in May or June of last year and how much stronger I was compared to doing those same moves now, and it's just so difficult. It really shows you that if you don't stay consistent, how much you lose, like, you know, how much work I put in and how much I lost. But it's nice to know I can gain it back pretty quickly. Just doing these yoga videos every day, I know will improve my strength, like, you know, with by the end of the month. It felt really good and necessary last January doing something to keep my body active first thing in the morning every day because I live a pretty sedentary life with working at a desk from my home office, so I no longer have to commute. The most exercise I get is running up and down the stairs in the kitchen, like to to and from my kitchen. I did try harder than any other year in 2021 to become a little bit more active as working from home has really allowed me to move as little as possible, which is not a good thing at all. So I, like millions of people out there, have to make a concerted effort to get some movement into my day, or I could literally just stay marinating in my office chair and the couch, like moving from one to the other, and that's it. If you're like me, the new year can feel a little overwhelming because there's just so much pressure out there to put on yourself, to change your life, but you also know that you of one year ago, three years ago, 10 years ago, was making like the same promises, the same resolutions, and ultimately failed. I'm trying my best not to get ahead of myself this year because I don't want that feeling of failure at the end, like, wow, I had all of these plans and they didn't happen. 
I have made some resolutions just, you know, very specific to my life and what I realistically can do. Resolutions of health and fitness, which I definitely do need. I'm trying to keep them attainable. I don't want to go overboard and say I'm going to lose X amount of weight or run this many kilometers or whatever. I'm trying to keep them attainable. I don't want to go overboard and then crash and burn because the pressure was just so enormous. I want to start small, keep it somewhat realistic, and then hopefully meet those goals so I can move forward with, you know, bigger and loftier goals. One of my bigger goals this year that has nothing to do with health or fitness is to read more books. I'm part of a book club, so I read a minimum of 12 books a year. But I would love to read at least one to two other books a month that are just for me because at book club, I don't get to choose a book. Like we vote on it, but it's, you know, it's people all over the world voting on the book. So the chances that you're going to get the book that you choose are, you know, small every month. So there are just tons of books that I want to read and I want to start making more time to do that. Some of my friends at book club read so much. I'm so jealous. The most I think I've read in a year was a few years ago. And that was, I read 24 or 26 books. So in 2022, I'm really hoping to maximize my reading time by lowering my wasted time on my phone. A while ago, I was talking to a friend of mine and she was telling me how she spends too much time on her phone. So now she's like limited herself and I think she told me that she her when she was talking about like wasting so much time on her phone it was about an hour or two a day and I just stayed silent because if I told her how much time I spent on my phone she would think I was an insane person with no life the amount of books I could read a month if I just substituted my phone time for book time is crazy to me I haven't come up with a number yet of the amount of books I want to read. I'm thinking maybe 30 to 35 books would be realistic, but still high goal for me. A bandwagon that I recently got on is audiobooks. Yes, do some people consider it not really air quotes reading? Sure, I don't care. I still absorb all the words the same as anyone else. I love podcasts and I listen to them a lot when I'm cleaning and cooking or just writing emails at work. But when I get sick of podcasts, which I shouldn't admit to because it's obviously not good for my brand. But when I do, I now love putting on an audiobook. I realized I started getting sick of just not sick of but like when you listen to the same types of things over and over again, and I was like, I want something else to listen to. And then I was like, why don't I listen to an audiobook? Like I love reading and I want to hear all of these stories and if I'm listening to something I'm not interested in, I might as well listen to an audiobook. But the real reason that I jumped on the audiobook bandwagon was that my book club typically meets at the end of the month. I am a person prone to leaving reading the book to the last minute and then having to spend an entire week in reading. Like I've done that before where I only crack the book open on Saturday and book club is on Monday and I've spent like seemingly six to seven hours straight reading 
on Saturday and then more hours reading on Sunday. So that would happen to me a lot where I'd end up just binge reading it the entire weekend before book club. That happened to me with a book a few months ago. And I just felt like I'm not going to have enough time. And then I remembered audiobooks and I went and downloaded the book and I listened to it while I was at work. So audiobooks give me a way to read the book while I'm doing other things so that I don't have to use up all of my free time binge reading. My thought process now is that I'll have more time to read the books that I actually want to read outside of book club. So I'm slowly reading Dune in book form because I've always heard it's a really good book and I wanted to read it before watching the movie. So we'll see how that goes. Another idea I have, which I doubt I will succeed at this year when it comes to reading, is trying my best to read all of or a large number of the books that I have at home on my bookshelf that I haven't read yet prior to buying a new book. As all book lovers and collectors know, that is highly unlikely that I will succeed, but I will try my best. If you love buying books, you know what a high you get (laughs) from buying a book. Even though when you see it on your shelf, it starts guilting you because you're like, you bought it and you're not even reading me. But I'm really hopeful that I can get a few of those read because I have had quite a few books on my bookshelf for like a few years now that I have not even opened. So let's now talk about what you should be reading and or listening to. Not long before Christmas, I wanted to download a good thriller or murder mystery. I needed something to listen to while I started my Christmas baking and while I was at work. When I'm at work, the morning is when things are the quietest. I can get a lot of emails and things like that completed, so it's really nice for me to have on a podcast or audiobook. As I've said before, my favorite books are thrillers. I'm always looking up what are the hottest mystery thriller books at the moment, and The Silent Patient by Alex Michalides kept popping up on every list, so I decided just to go for it. This audiobook is narrated by two actors, Jack Hawkins and Louise Braley. I actually thought they were professional voice actors. Their voices really impacted my experience in a positive way, so I have no idea how my experience would have changed by reading this book instead. The story, of course, is still intriguing. Either way, I'm really happy that I listened to the audio version. The actors were very good in this. I will not reveal any spoilers, so don't worry. The Silent Patient is about a celebrated painter, Alicia Berenson, who shoots and kills her beloved husband and she never speaks another word again while she is held at a forensic facility. The fact that she murdered her famous London photographer husband along with her stubborn silence turns Alicia into a notorious figure that captures the country's attention. Her artwork skyrockets in value, as it always does, when there's death or murder involved as everyone wants to solve the mystery of why she did it. This book follows a psychotherapist named Theo Faber, who wants to help unravel the mystery that is Alicia Berenson. As he works harder to crack her, he is drawn deeper into the mystery of the murder and Alicia's life. His professional passion starts to blur the lines into personal obsession. The book starts off a bit slow, but I think you will appreciate it later, as those slower parts at the beginning It's giving you foundational material to the characters. 
you'll naturally be more invested in their story for when it really counts later on. If you listen to this, I guarantee you'll finish it in like two to three days tops, especially if you listen while you finish chores. It was such a fun, dark and twisty experience. Listening to this made the hours standing baking in my kitchen so much more enjoyable. I like Alex McAleedy's writing style and his character building. So let this be your first thriller of 2022. I guarantee you'll enjoy it. I actually just finished my first audiobook of 2022 because I listened to The Silent Patient at the end of December. So I just read my first January book. I listened to it in three days. I didn't even turn my TV on on Friday night as all I wanted to do was binge the last few hours of the book. It was so good and it is a thriller because I'm nothing if not predictable. But I'll talk about that one in my next episode, so make sure to listen to that. It is the first in a series of books, so I can't wait to listen to the rest. I am so happy for me that I decided the one night to put on Tampa Bay's on Amazon Prime during the holidays. That night, I was just looking for something. I didn't know what. And like spotting a lake in the desert, I saw this bright and shiny icon on Amazon Prime and thought, why not? This is how I was first introduced to Brianna and Haley, Marissa and Summer, Nellie and Allie, Mac, Jordan, Olivia, Melanie, and of course the iconic Cuppy and my new BFF, Shiva. You're going to love Shiva when you watch this. Tampa Bay's great name, by the way, kudos to the producer who came up with that, is a new reality show that deserves all of your attention. This show follows the life and drama around a group of lesbians from Tampa, Florida, who party all the time, are loving life, they love the drama, and they love the ladies. These women range from as young as 23 up until their mid-30s. There's a lot of who is the power couple of the Tampa gay girl scene, but there is a surprising amount of heart to the show. The main power couples battling it out for queendom are Brianna and Haley, the owners of the Tampa Party House, which all of the hottest theme parties in Tampa are happening. The other couple is Marissa and Summer, who are decidedly more chill, laid back, and more into domestic bliss. Besides this ongoing drama and overall party vibe of the show, We got a deeper look into the lives of these women. There are some really interesting conversations about coming out to family and what that means in terms of acceptance and loss. Some of these women have been on their own from a really young age and have had to be independent, while others have had the support of family from the beginning. It's interesting to see how these experiences have really bonded them. If you listened to the last episode, you know how much I love Selling Sunset, but season one of Tampa Bay's had more interesting stories going on in it than season four of Selling Sunset. So if you need a ridiculously fun reality show, maybe you need a break from real life, Tampa Bay's is 100% your show. Tampa Bay's makes me feel like it's 2007 again. The world right now seems a mess because it is a mess. And for our mental well-being, we all need and deserve to escape. Tampa Bay's reminds me of a simpler time where we could get lost in a fun reality show of people partying and living it up and viruses that spread around the world to destroy civilization was just something that Stephen King dreamt up. 
I am a huge, huge fan of Mindy Kaling. The Mindy Project, her romantic comedy show, is one of my all-time feel-good favorites. I love the writing in that show, and all of the actors, especially Mindy Kaling and Ike Barinholtz, who played Mindy's trusty sidekick, Morgan Tukers. I actually laugh even saying Morgan Tukers' name because he's such an idiot in the best way. I love the Mindy Project. So, when I heard she was the executive producer and creator of HBO Max's new comedy, The Sex Lives of College Girls, I knew I'd be watching. But honestly, the trailer didn't pull me in and I didn't love the name at first, so I wasn't intrigued enough to watch right away. You would think that a show called The Sex Lives of College Girls about a bunch of horny, barely legals would be some Hollywood executive's pervy little fantasy, but no, it's actually a show that a lot of women will enjoy and there is a lot to relate to. I ended up putting it on over the holidays, especially as I ended up being sick and so I had more time off work than I had originally expected. The show follows the lives of four young women who are just starting college in Vermont and happen to be new roommates. Kimberly, Bella, Layton, and Whitney. Kimberly is the earnest, poor roommate, as everyone else at this university seems to come from money. She's played by Pauline Chalamet. Pauline was a great choice to play the naive, small-town girl who is actually super sweet and kind. I've never seen her in anything else before. When I looked her up, though, I realized she's Timothy Chalamet's big sister. Once you look them up together, you can't unsee the resemblance. I'm actually surprised and disappointed in myself that I didn't clue into that sooner. Bella is played by Amri Carr. Bella is the daughter of Indian immigrants who think they're sending their sweet, nerdy daughter off to college so that she can earn a science degree. Unbeknownst to her nice parents, Bella is instead pursuing a career in comedy writing. She is boy crazy and her main goal, besides becoming a writer, is sleeping with any guy on campus with abs. Whitney, played by Aaliyah Chanel Scott, is a star athlete, but is more known for being a U.S. senator's daughter. Her senator mom is played by Sherry Shepard. Whitney is also having a secret affair that threatens to blow up her reputation and future. Layton is like the Blair Waldorf of the group. Do you get it? Because Blair Waldorf on Gossip Girl was played by Layton Meester? Anyone? Anyways, Layton, played by Renee Rapp, is the uber-rich, high-society legacy student. She's focused on making all the right connections and impressions on the important people and doesn't have time for boys or non-rich normies. As I said, I wasn't super excited going into the show, but I ended up binging the whole thing in two days. I enjoyed it so much. The storylines of all the individual girls came together nicely. There was a surprising amount of character growth and serious plot lines in an otherwise funny show about college students. The writers did a good job of weaving the seriousness with the ridiculousness. When the final episode aired, and I realized there was no episode after, I was so pissed off. I really want to know what happens next, so I will be watching the second season as soon as it's released. Side note, Layton's older brother in the show is this good-looking guy that all of her friends are lusting over and is played by Gavin Leatherwood. The role was initially going to Dylan Sprouse, which intrigues me. I would have loved to see him act because I have no clue how he'll be as an adult actor. But I do love his twin brother, Cole Sprouse, who plays the iconic Jughead on one of my all-time favorites, Riverdale. 
So I've told you what my New Year's resolutions are. I want you to tell me what yours are. What shows and books and podcasts and audiobooks are you going to be listening and watching and reading? What are you not going to be doing? Was there something dumb you did when you were like in your early 20s, such as a juice cleanse? Remember the master cleanse? I remember hearing Beyonce did it and (laughs) I made that stupid drink. I forget exactly what's in it. It's like maple syrup, lime juice. What? Some something stupid like cinnamon or whatever. And I drank a tiny bit and I spit it out. And I was like, I could never do that. But what kind of idiotic things have you done before? What are you avoiding this year? Please connect with me. I'm on Instagram at I thought I'd be rich by now. Or you can email me if you're old school at I thought I'd be rich by now at gmail.com. Let me know what your plans are, what your goals are, what's attainable, what's not. And give me your tips on how I can get to 35 books read this year. Thank you so much for listening today. Please come back for our next episode. I'm trying to stick to a schedule of bi-weekly. Oh, I just remembered the Master Cleanse. It was cayenne pepper. Like, why would anyone do that? Anyways, that I just remembered that. Thank you for listening. Talk to you again soon. Bye.